How you doing, Rock family? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I am so excited because next week, y'all are going to be in the building with us after over a year. Next week, we'll be right here. Uh, we're going to take care of you. Come on in. Uh, go to our website for all the information about all the protocols. But we are looking forward to worshiping together with you inside. Uh, we want to say hello to everybody around the world. Uh, we are starting a new series called Relaunch. We want to relaunch groups all around the world, microsites all around the world. So wherever you're at around the world, uh, text INFO to 52525 to get information about how you can take a piece of the rock to your city, no matter where you're at. So let's get on our knees and pray. Let's get on our knees and pray. And uh, let's pray for a new season. Man, we've been apart for over a year, and this is going to be a whole new season in life. A lot has changed in many people's lives. But I believe that what we're going to talk about these next three weeks is a great way to relaunch our church and relaunch our involvement in church and our relationship with God. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for um, what you have taught us in the last year and how that is going to be a foundation for the rest of our life. And I pray that we can take away some powerful, powerful lessons from the last 13 months that can give us more clarity and focus about who you want us to be and how to be it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get your Bibles out, Word. Let's get your Bibles out, church. We're going to be in the book of Philippians. On the count of three, say Word. One, two, three, Word. Turn to Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, New Testament, Philippians chapter 2. I heard of a couple that they were married, they got separated because they're having some problems. And after six months of being separated, they came back together and started going to counseling. And in the counseling session, the counselor said to the wife, if there was one thing you would want the husband to do as a condition of getting back together or as you get back together, one thing you would like him to change in this new season of your relationship, what would it be? And she said, I want him to work less, spend more time and more focus on the kids and the family. And then she looked at the husband and said, what would you want the wife to change as you guys restart and relaunch your relationship? If there's one thing that you would want her to do, what would it be? And he said, I would love her to appreciate what I give to the family. She seems like she's always just complaining and asking. I want her to just say thank you. As we relaunch the church and come back into the building, and even though we've been doing church for a year, we never stopped doing church. We just stopped doing it the way we used to. But as we come back now into the building, instead of looking at it as now we're just going to go back into the building, let's look at it as a relaunch of our relationship with God. In other words, next Sunday when we come back, it'll be the first Sunday of the rest of our life. And imagine if you went up to God and God said, and said to God, God, now that I'm coming back into the building, and maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a symbolic way of me restarting, relaunching my relationship with you, my relationship with the church. What is it that one thing you would want me to do that I haven't done? Just like the husband and the wife said to each other. Say to God, God, what is one thing that you would want me to do? One thing you would want me to be that I wasn't before that you want me to be in the future? Now, I, I imagine there's 
all kinds of people out there that he would probably say something different to all of you. So this sermon series doesn't assume that you're all the same. However, what I'm going to say as the answer to that question, I think would apply to all of us. Matter of fact, anything biblical would apply to all of us. But I think this would really apply to all of us. If we were to say to God, God, I want to relaunch my relationship with you. I want to relaunch my relationship with my church and my Christian walk. What would you want me to be? He would say one word. I want you to be a servant. I just want you to be a servant. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's telling you to serve us. Uh-uh, because we, we all serve him. But I want you to be a servant. A servant is someone who acts at the will of their master. He is our master, only him. Someone who serves to ex- execute the plan of their leader, him, God. And if God said to you and I, I want you to be a servant. And if you look through the Bible, all of God's leaders were servants. Now remember, in the world, and we're going to see this in in one of the verses, in the world, when you're a leader, you lord over people. But the Bible says that we serve. Look at Abraham, Genesis 18, 13, was a servant. Isaac, his son, Genesis 24, 14, he was a servant. Jacob, his son, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the three patriarchs of, of, of Judaism. Jacob, Genesis 32, 10, he was a servant. Moses, one, probably the greatest leader ever, the most humble man in the world, the Bible says. Numbers 12, 7 says he was a servant. Joshua, who took over for Moses in Judges 2, 8, is called a servant. David, the Bible, a man after God's heart. 2 Samuel 7, 5, was a servant. Solomon, his son, 1 Kings 1.14 was a servant. And of course, the biggest, baddest, most infamous servant of all is Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus' disciples came and said to him, listen, Lord, Lord, we want to sit at your right hand. We want to, we want to sit at your left hand. You know, can, we, can we have this special place in heaven? And he said to them in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 42, Jesus called to them and said, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles in the world Lord it over people. In other words, I'm going to be the boss. And their great ones exercise authority over them. So in the world, not the kingdom of God, but in the world, the bosses, the lords, the masters, the leaders, Lord power over people. They subject people to themselves. But Jesus said, it, it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to be great among you must be a servant. The Bible says, whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. Even so, the Son of Man, Jesus, he's talking about himself now, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I heard Pastor Travis, one of our pastors here was preaching a few weeks ago, and he was talking about this, and he said that in our world, not the kingdom of God, but our world, Success is seen by how many people serve you. In the kingdom of God, it's seen by how many people you serve. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to talk about, as we relaunch our church, I want to talk over the next three weeks, how to become a servant, and more specifically, how to become a servant as the greatest servant of all, Jesus, and more specifically, how to have a mind of a servant. How to have the mind 
of a servant. More specifically than that, you cannot be a servant unless you have the mind of a servant. You cannot have, be the mind of a great servant unless you have the mind of Christ. So we're going to talk over the next three weeks how to have the mind of Christ. And we're going to look at it from a passage in the book of Philippians. Philippians is a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Philippi. He wrote this letter, ironically, from prison. And he started the church 10 years previous when he was in prison. He led a jailer to the Lord, ended up leading to growing the church. And then here 10 years later, he's in a prison in Rome, writing a letter to them, encouraging them because they just sent him money to support his ministry. And in this passage, he's talking about the humility, the mind, the humble mind of Jesus. And as we read this, I want you to, I want you to notice how many times it says mind because we're going to talk about how to have a mind of a servant. It's one thing to say, I'm just going to go serve people, but it's going to dictate how you think. I'm going to be giving you four things to think about in order for you to be, have the mind of a servant. And if you have the mind of a servant and you're thinking servant thoughts, you are going to be a servant. So let's read it. Pay attention to how many times he says mind. Look what it says. Philippians chapter 2, 1 to 11 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy and be like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in lowliness of, ha, mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Now, it's one thing to walk around saying, I'm just going to be lower than you. But it's another thing to say, I am going to esteem me lower than you. In other words, I'm going to esteem you better than me. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's in your thoughts. Your thoughts will dictate your actions. It says, let each of you look not only on his own interests, but on the interests of others. Then it says in verse 5, wow, watch this. Let this mind, let this mind be in you, which was then also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal to God. Let this mind, let this mind be in you but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, anytime you see a therefore, remember it's there for this reason. Here's why. Therefore God had highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of, heaven, of those in heaven and on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God. Now, I want to focus on verses 5 to 7. It says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. Just remember, whenever you are becoming a servant, and whenever you decide to be a servant, you are not being a servant just to do the things that God wants you to do. You are being a servant to secure the glory of God. And here's what's so critical about that. It is one thing to say, I'm going to serve God and do everything he says. And if I do everything he says, he will accomplish. I will, get, I will get done what he wants me to do. It's even bigger than that. When you become a servant of God, you are moving yourself out of the way. 
So God can accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Let me read the very last thing we just read. In the very last sentence, it says that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What Jesus, what the Bible is saying here is that if you have the mind of Christ and if you are a servant and, and you live as a servant as Jesus did, you are going to remove out of the way yourself, your ego, your agenda, your minds, your ideas, and say, I'm going to submit them to the Father. And the Father's going to go ahead of you and get accomplished what he wants to get accomplished so he can glorify himself. And you just happen to be, be there. I want to talk about having the mind of a nobody. Four ways to have the mind of a nobody. Look what it, look what, look what it says that Jesus said. It said, he made himself of no reputation. The Greek word for no reputation means that it, he voided something. He emptied himself. It, the, the word means to cause the loss of power. The cause of loss of power. When Jesus made himself of no reputation, he says, all the power I have and all the glory I possess, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to give it up. In order for me, in order for me to be a servant, I have to give it up. I'm going to, I'm going to read the exact definition. It says, to void, to drain out, to be left empty, cause the loss of power, to become a nobody. I was in a restaurant once and um, I was going to my seat and someone, I was walking past a table um, and there were people from the church. And, you know, it's amazing all the people in the church, the things that God does in people's lives, how they come in here, lives destroyed and God does amazing things and they have their family back, they have jobs, they have clarity, whatever it is. And often people will tell that to me out in public and it's awesome. So I, I was in a restaurant and walked by and these, and these people started saying, hey, Pastor Miles, and they started telling me their testimony. And they were just talking louder and louder and it was, it was exciting. And, they, and then they started thanking me. I do not deserve any thanks, but I'm just telling you what they said. And I was like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And, and then they started telling the people around, you should go to church, blah, 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 blah. And then someone who they were telling all this to in the excitement of what God had done in their life looked at me and said, who are you? Are you a, a, you're a celebrity? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. And I said, I'm just, I'm a nobody. The question is, how committed am I to that statement? How committed are you to that statement. I go to Jesus. Jesus is in heaven and he became a nobody. Point number one, in order for you to become a nobody, you have to understand the powers that make you a somebody. <laughs> in other words, what makes you believe that you are somebody? Because if you don't understand what makes you a somebody, and trust me, I don't care who you are, our pride says this is what you're really good at. Matter of fact, not only is this what you're good at, this is what you're better at than, than other, other people. Okay, if you don't understand what those things are that make you think you're a somebody, you can never become a nobody because those are the very things that you need to be of no reputation of. Those are the very things that you need to void out of your life. 
Stay with me. I'm not saying don't ever acknowledge them. But these are the things that you need to empty yourself of, cause the loss of power of, in order for you to get out of the way so the Holy Spirit can work in your life. It doesn't mean that those things don't exist. It doesn't mean you don't leverage them. It means you, you surrender them to God. I'll give you an example. Jesus Christ is in heaven. He's a somebody. He's a creator. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. He's all-knowing, omniscient. He's everywhere, omnipresent. He, Genesis, uh, John 17 says, he shared the glory of the Father in heaven before the foundations of the earth. Him and, and the Father had equal glory in heaven. And the Bible says God shares his glory with no one. So they all had the same glory. He's eternal. He's, he was worshiped before time was. So he, that's what made him a somebody. And by the way, still makes him a somebody. He gave all that up. He said, I make myself, I'm not coming to heaven, I'm not coming to earth with all that. When he, was, when he was tempted by the devil in the desert, he could have just said, he opened up his cloak and said, glory of God, and smoked the devil. He didn't do that. He, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. We'll get to that in a minute. But he, he gave all it up and made himself of no reputation. So everything that made him God, he, he set aside. What makes you God? What makes you significant? What makes you powerful? What makes you important? Your personality, your education, your looks, your skill, or maybe you don't even know. You just are all that just because of who you are. I mean, that's even, even more insane when you don't even know what it is. You just know you're special. You have to know what those things are so you can set them aside. And again, not cancel them because Jesus was still God. But he didn't walk around leveraging that stick. So you have to first understand what makes you a somebody before you can be a nobody. Number two, how can you submit like a nobody? Look what the Bible says in Genesis 2, uh, Philippians 2.8. It says in 2.8, he being found in the appearance of a man uh, humbled himself. He became like a man. I want you to imagine your God in heaven, the angels are worshiping you, the earth doesn't exist, the universe doesn't exist. What heaven was like was, I don't know. And he's in heaven. All the glory of the Father, covered in light, amazing power, unlimited power, unlimited knowledge. And he had to empty himself of that and come and submit like a man. What does that mean? He had to be a baby. He had to experience hunger, weariness, go to sleep, stress. He sweat blood right before he was crucified. He had to be a brother and a sister. He had to be a brother, two brothers and sisters. He had to be a son. He was a carpenter. He had to have a business. He had to have people, you know, come and, buy his product. I doubt they complained about the service, but, you know, he still had to deal with customers who probably complained anyway. He had to submit himself to the, the Roman law. He had to submit himself to the Jewish culture, the Jewish religious system. He had to be, he went through trials, false trials. He had to deal with people who didn't like him, who ended up crucifying him. He had to allow sinful man to nail him to wood. Now, at any time, he could have said, I ain't having this. 
because he still had all that power. He, he still had all that power. Remember, he said, I could even call legions of angels out of heaven if I wanted to when they arrested him. But he didn't. He submitted himself to the world like a nobody. And they had no, remember when he was being crucified, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Let me, let me rephrase that. Father, forgive them. They have no idea who I am. They have no idea what I could do right now. But he didn't. You want to be a servant? Ask yourself, how can you submit like a nobody? Often, you know, especially this last year has not dealt a lot of good cards to people. And we remember those powers that make us somebody. We try to use those powers to make life submit to us instead of learning, letting life teach us. Because sometimes God will use your circumstances to guide you. Circumstances that you cannot stand. Circumstances that you cannot change. And I, I was talking to someone just the other day who got let go of a job. They got let go from their job. And I called them to encourage them. And you know what they told me? God had already told me this was going to happen. We were already planning to do something. And I said, God, if we're going to go, you have to force me. And God let them go from their job. Now, from the outside, it's like, man, they got fired. That's messed up. That's messed up. They got fired. Nope. Those circumstances were helping them get to where God wanted them to be in the first place. And often we, we want to take all our power, our, our pride, our volume, our personality, our money, our connections to get our way instead of watching and letting life have its run its course and God and direct us. You want to be a servant? Don't be so quick to fight against life. Verse, learn from life and watch what happens. Number three, how can you look like a nobody? How can you look like a nobody? Now, Jesus in heaven, brilliant, covered in light. I mean, there, 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 there's descriptions. I want to read the description. Descriptions in the Bible, I mean, no one has a specific, perfect picture of what Jesus is like in heaven. However, however, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 15, his feet were like fine brass as refined in fire. His voice was like many waters. John 17, 5 says, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory that I have had with you before the world was. This is the glory of God before. Now, he just looks like a dude. Just like a dude. Matter of fact, it says in Philippians, Philippians 2 8, he was found in the appearance of a man. I know we think, I'm a man. That looks all great. Not compared to what he was looking, looking like. <laughs> this is garbage. <laughs> okay? Compared to what he was. Matter of fact, all throughout the Bible, whenever, whenever they would see angels and sometimes appearances of Jesus, they would bow. It was so brilliant. It was, it was like out of this, literally out of this world. But when he became a man, Isaiah chapter 52, behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any other man, his form more than the sons of man. This is when he was crucified. They said like he was just beat up. So, uh, Isaiah 53, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord revealed, been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant as a root of the ground, 
He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Just a guy. Just a guy. How can you submit like a nobody? How can you appear like a nobody? Now, it doesn't mean you don't get dressed up. It doesn't mean you don't get your cute on. And, you know, I'm not saying that. But it, does, it also means that you're not walking in like Miss Thang everywhere you go. Like, look at me. Or, you know, I'm the man. It's that you walk in with a humble posture. And the air that you bring is I'm not, it's not about me. The air that you bring is I'm just serving him. Listen, get your clothes, take care of your body, put your makeup, your mascara on, whatever it is. But just don't have the air that it's about you. That you look like just a person that's there. Why? Because you want God to be ahead of you. You don't want all the attention on you. You want the attention on him. If you're going to have the mind of a servant, the mind of a nobody, the mind of someone who has all this to give, but you made yourself of no reputation just like Jesus did. He had all this to give, but he made himself of no reputation. It's like he had it in his back pocket. One of my favorite shows is Undercover Boss. I love that. I cry every time I watch Undercover Boss. And there's an episode about Modell's uh, sporting goods store. It's, it's, I know Modell's from back east. I don't know if they have them out here. I haven't seen them in the West Coast in California. But when I grew up in New York, Modell's was everywhere. That's the sporting goods store we went to. And the owner, obviously wealthy man, he went and worked at a, at a very like minimum wage job. And he, he wasn't in shape, so they gave him some easy stuff to do. And, and as he was working with some of his workers, they were giving him easy jobs because he couldn't handle a lot of the difficult jobs physically. And one of the ladies that he was working with was Angel. And she was living uh, in a homeless shelter. And he was learning about her struggles. He was learning about some of the cuts that the company made that were actually hurting some of the lower income employees. And she went out of her way to serve him and to help him and to assist him. And at the end of the show, and there were some other characters in the show that he helped, but none of them knew he was the owner. He actually made himself to be like a nobody. And what happened was he ended up identifying with all the somebodies. He ended up giving her a raise. He ended up giving her a bonus. He ended up giving her a promotion because he, 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 he got in connection with her. How is it that you, if you would just be a nobody, didn't mean he wasn't important. Didn't mean he wasn't generous. Didn't mean he didn't have all the authority he had. He just put that over here and said, I just want to, I'm not going to live my life through that lens. I'm not going to look at life through my lens. I'm not going to let my accolades and my authority and my power lead. I just want to come up first. I'll leave that for later. You'll see life totally different and you'll let God go ahead of you. And God's going to do something in your life as he goes ahead of you because you're not putting your powers ahead of you. You're putting the power of God ahead of you. How is it that you could walk in a room and interact with people like a nobody and give the appearance of a nobody? Here's Jesus walking around. Listen, for 30 years, he's walking around 
doing business, girls probably wanting to, you know, go out with him, and he's God, and nobody knew for 30 years. Spent his child, some of his childhood in Egypt, and nobody knew that he was God. Number four, how can you help like a nobody? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in lowliness of mind, mind. Esteem others better than yourself. Let each not look not on his own interest, but in the interest of others. Imagine if you walked into a room and said, how can I leverage all my powers to help them? Not how can I leverage my powers to help me? I'm a nobody, but I have these powers. I have access to these powers. My, my, my education, my contacts, my wealth, my, my, my experience, whatever it is I have, my authority. How can I leverage that for them and not me. Remember, Jesus said, I could call angels out of heaven right now and, and they could deliver me. But I'm not going to do that because I'm here to serve you. How could you do that? How is it that you could look at your life and say, every person I come in contact with, I'm going to look at you as somebody that's, whose needs are more important than mine. And I want to be a blessing to you. Imagine if you had that mindset. Again, imagine if you had this mindset. What are my powers? I want to set them aside. Don't cancel them. Don't ignore them forever. Don't, don't act like you don't have them. Just don't leverage them. This is the first step you walk into the room. Remember, they're there that God gave to you to steward, but not to just for your advantage. So you're going to put them aside. How can you do that? How can you, how can you submit to the, your circumstances as a nobody? Just let life happen. Watch what life is trying to teach you. Circumstances are going to be thrown your way that are trying to redirect your life that you won't like. Just watch what happens. How can you serve and interact with other people? How can you have the appearance of a nobody? And then how can you lift others up and esteem others better than yourself like a nobody? I'm so glad Jesus did all that for me and you. And he came and said, I'm going to put all my deity aside and I'm going to die for you. I'm going to pull all my power aside, all my glory aside. I'm going to take on this dull body versus the one that was glorious before. Just so I could die for you and give you an opportunity to know what it was like before I came down in heaven. To give you an opportunity to go to heaven. See, the Bible says you and I are sinners. And Jesus had to become a man like us, and die to break the power of sin, which is death, which is why he rose from the dead. To break the power of sin, to give us an opportunity to be forgiven, that we would also resurrect. But you have to give your life to Jesus Christ. He didn't come down just to do it so we can have a church. He did it to give us an opportunity to repent of our sin. To be forgiven. And to not only have an abundant life now. You think you have powers now. And I say powers. Gifts, talents, opportunities. You think you have power now. Imagine when the Holy Spirit power comes in your life. But he's given you an opportunity to say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I want to walk with you now. And I want you to fill me with the presence of God. And then once you do that, then you can live a life of a servant. And every single day reminding yourself it's not about you. 
that every good thing you have comes from above, that God has given it to you. And it is available to you, it's, but it's available to him to leverage in your life. So in a minute, I'm going to have you pray if you would like to give your life to Jesus. And you would like him to forgive you of your sin and fill you with the most powerful power there is, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's all pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you would stir people's hearts right now. That they would be reminded that at the end of the day, when it all comes down to it, it's not about us. It's about you. And when the devil stirs us up to think that we are all that, it's really all about you. If you would like to ask Christ to be your savior, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I want to make myself of no reputation. I know I'm a sinner. I humble myself before you. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me and fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to be your servant. I want to get out of the way. I want to be available for you to use me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations. Please text the word SAVE to 52525. We want to help you in your journey no matter where you're at in the world. But in this series, as we relaunch, I want you to be thinking about having the mind of a servant. Specifically this week, the mind of a nobody. That you would make yourself of no reputation. It's not about you. And that you would follow Jesus' example who emptied himself of all his power, all his glory. So he would get out of the way and allow the Father to fulfill his plan through his life. God bless you and see you next week.